G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Another opportunity today to take us a little below the surface and to talk about things a little more deeply when it comes to the persecution of Indian Christians. As you know, there has been a tightening of Indian authority over Christian churches of recent years. In fact, it's not just Christian churches, but a crackdown on anything that's not Hinduism. And oftentimes we'd refer to that as an intensifying Hindu nationalism. It becomes government policy that no one ought to be allowed to practice openly their faith unless it is the national religion of Hinduism. And so what has happened with all of that? You've got churches being burned down. You've got conversions of Christians by force. There are threats of physical violence, sexual assaults, even murder of Christian leaders. Let's talk some more about these sorts of things today. Wonderful to welcome back the General Secretary of the Indian Evangelical Mission from India, the Reverend Dr. Raja Singh Elias. Uh, Raja, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Brother Neil. It's a joy to be with you once again back. Raja, let's talk about something that's pretty close to home for you, because as we talk about an intensifying persecution of Christian believers, this has been your personal experience now, recently uh, arrested by police and uh, taken into custody. Uh, Give us a little indicator of uh, what happened to you. See, in one of the states of India, recently we started our ministry four years back, and we could see a lot of people are turning to the Lord because when people prayed, uh, God really worked their lives. Miracles happened, lives are transformed, and they could become a dynamic witnesses for the Lord. I was very much interested to see this mission field, so I went with my colleagues to spend some time. It was a Sunday. More than, thousand, uh, more than 100 people came uh, from different villages for a time of prayer. And uh, people are very much uh, encouraged to see my presence in the village. So they were all raising their voice, singing, and it was a wonderful time. And somehow this information went into the knowledge of the other friends. And immediately they informed the police. At the end of the worship service, the police came with the local uh, Hindu friends. And uh, without any uh, questions, they just asked us to get into the police vehicle. We are taken into the police custody. And uh, they started to ask so many questions. And some of the officers, they said, this country is a Hindu country. So the question is coming sometimes whether still we have the democracy or the secularism of our country. So the friends from other faiths, they started to harass people. And we six are taken to the police custody. A few of our friends are, are beaten in the police station. And it was uh, three hours I felt that it is almost like uh, uh, three months' experience because that was the fifth time I went to the police station. And uh, somehow the pressure was given to the higher officials by someone, and then we are released from there. 
then later we are able to complain to the police officers uh, working on the religious freedom that we have in India. And again, uh, some of our friends are called to the police officials. So this is happening so commonly in many of the places. So you do have an opportunity to be able to make a formal complaint when there is mistreatment of Christian believers. But what's happening at a local level is that, as you have, many Christian leaders are being taken into custody, as you say, many of them beaten. And this would be an, in, an, an intimidation tactic to intimidate the church, to say you are not welcome here. Yeah, it is happening in all the places, uh, irrespective of the villages or to the towns. And when anything is happening, uh, if you are able to contact, there are a lot of Christian agencies now available to take these things to the right place to challenge. So we have got uh, a team of committed lawyers working in different places, almost in all the states of India. So we present our cases to the high officials and sometimes we get the answer, sometimes we are not able to get and now we are living in a situation uh, we are not able to get any permanent solution. Of course, there may be a temporary uh, relief but the intensity of the happening in that particular place, it prolongs for a long time. So the intensifying Hindu nationalism and if you contrast that with the constitutional freedom that you talk about, there is room somewhere into the future for some level of reform. And no doubt there'll be all sorts of people, and as you mentioned, bodies of lawyers who are getting together to talk about how they can approach this. Is this something that you see is uh, is something that's growing, that is going to have a bigger impact, is going to get the headlines in the newspaper and is going to, in some ways, hope to guarantee some levels of freedom into the future? Uh, I cannot say the freedom in the future, but uh, as far as the present situation is concerned, we have the freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Anyone can practice, profess and also to uh, have their own decision to make on this. But in the future, we are not sure about that. At present, we have a freedom to raise voice. We have the right to do. So you have certain laws that would prohibit you from, uh, from evangelizing those who would not be of a Christian faith already. And, of course, uh, this idea of, of proselytizing, this idea of being able to share your faith openly. That's something that's being really cracked down on right now. See, at present, uh, there is a possibility because the law says that anyone can profess, practice, and also a person can uh, 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 proclaim about the uh, faith. So there is a space for anyone to, but not by force. One of the challenges we face in these days, uh, our friends, what they bring, by force we are converting the people. Very interestingly, the uh, episode what I have gone through, one of the new brand believer boy, he was just a teenage boy, he was asked, uh, what did they give for you to follow this faith? And that boy said, in Christianity, we don't have any concept of uh, receiving that means uh, receiving for some blessings. But he said always we give for the other people. So that's what he said. 
and sometimes uh, another uh, challenge what they bring is christians are there to pollute the culture of the people but i want to tell you and the reality is christians are the only people who are there to protect the culture of the people so we are having so many programs uh, in the language of the people even the minority languages they have the scripture only the christian our uh, missionaries are actually involved through the uh, bible translation and scripture engagement media ministries women empowerment leadership development community development child care program so when you look into that in all this one we try to protect the culture of the people is there a sense raja when you have like these anti conversion laws or those things that are maybe they're not even written laws but this idea of a deepening nationalism that says hinduism is the national religion uh, we don't want you converting any of those hindus to christianity and is there a case that when you have such a contrast then for what christianity brings as a benefit to the society that this crackdown actually can work in your favor that people now look at the christian church and go what have they got to offer they've got some beautiful things on offer is that the way it works see even earlier also we are not converting we present the gospel the conversion is work of the holy spirit so even earlier we are presenting the gospel only even that we will continue to do so and only the spirit of god can touch the lives and transform them so that's the thing it was evident earlier and it is going to be the same in the future i mentioned the crackdown earlier things like physical violence and uh, even burning down churches what about christian schools what about christian colleges what about those particular places that would be set aside as christian cemeteries i've heard those sorts of things are being desecrated uh, what are your thoughts for the sorts of protections that christians are needing to put in in place given that there is this level of persecution on the rise see now if you take the indian population a creditable uh, percentage of uh, the indian population in terms of the healthcare and the uh, education are taken care by the christian institutions and always our friends these days they say that we use this as a means for the conversion of the people so even when the children are coming to the schools or people are coming for any kind of uh, activities in the christian institutions they have a feeling that whatever we are trying to do we are there to convert the people but uh, uh, it's not our motive we are there to promote the uh, good values and through which we want to see the nation is built with a uh, good ethos and values and so when there is this proclamation of the gospel and people's values change what happens in those communities those villages that have been opened up to the gospel for the first time what sort of transformation happens in those villages raja certainly there are a lot of challenges in one of the mission fields in odisha central part of india uh, when our missionaries went they learned the language and shared the gospel and a lot of ladies used to be in the village and their spouses may not be they spent soon be at home in the day or the night time and in the survey they came to know that this all the spouses are addicted to the alcoholism and they used to stay mostly in the Uh, remote places or in the jungle forests and our missionaries went to the places talked to them lovingly and the love of god really transformed them and they came back to the home and we are able to see 
Now they are living together as husband and wife. And recently, 21 women went through the village health workers training program and they are the one catering to the needs of 75 villages. And I got a report, more than 2,500 people are treated by these ladies in the past three months. So the impact is so much and we are not there doing for the sake of the conversion. We are there to treat people as a human being with a dignity. But of course, the love of God has its own impact in transforming the lives of the people. Well, people's lives get transformed. Villages get transformed. Ultimately, you would expect a nation to be transformed. And there are challenges in India right now. A crackdown on Christianity that's coming from the idea that Hinduism is the national religion in India. Well, there is an opportunity to support the work that's going on with the Friends of Indian Evangelical Mission because they have an office in Australia and there are ways that you can connect. Let me give a website for the Friends of Indian Evangelical Mission. It's fiema.com.au, fiema.com.au. And uh, we might appreciate the General Secretary of the Indian Evangelical Mission from India, the Reverend Dr. Raja Singh Elias. Raja, thank you so much for telling us and letting us in on some of those issues that are going on today here on 2020. Thank you, Brother Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.